The Creek Church is a community of believers located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you would like more information about the Creek Church, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Happy New Year. Are you excited? Everything's fresh, new, brand new start. Uh, man, I, I love this time of year. I love Christmas. It's my favorite season. I'm kind of sad that was the last Christmas song until November for us as a church. So, ah. Oh. Anyway, um, but it'll be back. I love Christmas music. I love it all. Um, so I'm going to be looking for those after Christmas sales now. I need a new Christmas tree. Um, the other night, the top of our Christmas tree just was burning so bright. I was just like, man, it's like the Star of David. And the lights on the very top section just started getting brighter and brighter and brighter and wider. And I was like, this is the Lord saying something. He's <laughs> saying the lights are about to go on a pre-lit tree. And you know what that means, a new tree. So I'd like to just do a poinsettia next year. Um, They're easier to put lights on. Anyway, so I hope you had a great New Year's. And um, just like Heather said, you are starting it out the best way. She said she's the assimilations pastor. The thing she failed to mention is she's the much better looking, better half of this duo. And uh, I'm grateful to have her home. It was a long stretch without her home. I mean, she hasn't been to church so long, I'm just going to make her fill out a guest card today. Um, so so uh, yeah, she was up getting to spend time with our daughter, son-in-law, and our new granddaughter, and I'm glad to have her home. House is getting back to normal. Abby and I had to clean up from all the parties we were having, and uh, you know, had to make the bed for the first time in a month, and all of that, and you know, all those things you got to do when your wife's around, but I'm so grateful she's home. I love her, and uh, back to normalcy. So... Uh, 2017, I I love being able to sit on like January 1st and it's that day of hope and anticipation because some of you, uh, 2016 was an excellent year. And so you're, you're on January 1st going, how do we continue that success? How do we continue to make, keep that momentum and make 2017 better than 2016? And I, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. 2016 was an incredible year for my family, an incredible year for us as a church. And I, I'm, I'm just got this anticipation and excitement. I'm praying and I'm believing that, that God has an even better 2017 uh, ahead for us as a church, as a family, as a community. And then some of you are kind of on this threshold of January 1st going, 2016 was awful. It was the worst year. I mean, it just last week summed up the awfulness of some of some of the what our families in our creek went through, because we had several families lose loved ones between Christmas and New Year's. And I mean, I just remember praying and just all that lost, and I just remember praying, God, can't death just take a week off? And, And I know that some of you have faced the most difficult year you've ever faced with 2016. And so your prayer and your anticipation and expectation today is, how do we redeem it? How does 2017 just be better? And some, some people are just like, okay, here's another year. How do we survive? And some of y'all have made the resolutions. I really haven't made any resolutions this year. Um, I've got some things I'm praying for, and, and, but I haven't made any resolutions. If, I would, if you had to pin me in a corner for resolution, um, the whole weight thing, and that's good because that's you know, taking care of the temple. Um, I kind of think liposuction would be the easiest way to handle that. That's just kind of where my, I'm at mentally right now you know, because you know, 
the gym memberships are on sale this year and at this time of year, and you know, everybody's thinking about health food, and, and I'm, just, I'm just not there with the resolutions. I'm just, I just kind of feel this expectation and an excitement that God's going to do incredible things this year. I mean, 2017, we're looking at beginning construction in a few months on an expansion. Um, there's, and I've got some crazy things I'm going to talk to you about over the next couple of weeks about exciting things coming, but I'll, I'll peel the curtain back and let you know one big announcement. This is kind of like the Christmas present. You know, you can open one the night before. So I'll give you one big announcement today, and then you have to wait till next week. But one big announcement that I'm so excited about this year is we, between Christmas and New Year's, we extended an offer and we've made a full-time hire for a youth pastor, and I'm so excited to have, have him come in. His name is Alec, and you're going to get to meet him. January 16th is his first day in the office, so that's when the hazing will continue. Um, um, we'll continue. We'll begin. We kind of called the interview process with the elders and the board the hazing process, but uh, we'll continue that on January 16th. And then, parents, if you've got teenagers, be watching because we want to have a time for you to meet him um, and kind of get to know him so we can get to know you and get to know your students, and we'll start transitioning him into the student ministry this month. And I'm so grateful for Joseph Neville, did an incredible job um, as our interim director. And yeah. Um, so, uh, and uh, thank you. I love you. We couldn't have done this without you. And I love that you love our kids and do, did such an incredible job. And he's excited. He's going to help transition Alec in. And so there's some great things that I get to announce to you over the next couple of weeks. Um, at the end of this month, uh, we're doing, I think it's January 29th, we're doing our State of the Ministry address. Or maybe it's the week before. I can't remember. Um, I'll have to look at the calendar. It's January 1st. I can't know the whole calendar for the year yet. But in a couple weeks, we'll say it that way, we're doing our State of the Ministry address. And if you're a type A personality, you like the data, the numbers, the figures, you'll love this weekend because that's kind of where we open the hood of the ministry. You can see how it works, the engine, check it out. We go through all the numbers about uh, what 2016 was like, salvations. We talk finances. We're talking all kinds of stuff. And so if you're new to the church, that's a great time um, to be here because you get to really see some of the inner workings uh, of what's going on. So that's, that's where we're, we're focused on. So what are you focused on for 2017? I mean, I've, I've kind of given some of that. And, and so what are you thinking about as you, you kind of wrap your minds around, okay, Christmas is done, today's New Year's Day, and I'm, I'm, this is going to be the year, man. And, and a lot of us say this, like, this is going to be my best year. And what, what I want us to understand is that with God, our relationship in Christ is that the best is always yet to come. The, the, I read a quote the other day that said, the only thing death can do to a Christian is make our life exponentially better. And so we know that when we pass in Christ, the best, that, that is the best we will ever experience for eternity. But, but we need to understand something, that God has promises for us here and now. And so I want to, as I was praying about kind of, God, what do you want me to preach today? And I love being in a series and I love really teaching verse by verse through a book because I'm not going, okay, God, what do you, you know, I, you got the whole Bible. What do you want me to say? You know, and, and God just gave me this uh, last week about Abraham. And so if you've got your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. If you're new to scripture, there's a table of contents in the beginning. And it'll tell you where Hebrews is. Hebrews is in the New Testament. Bible's divided into two Testaments, old and new. Hebrews is in the new. If you don't have a Bible, we keep some on the back tables for you. Um, if you don't own one, write your name in it. That's our gift to you. We want you to have that. You can also, if you've got a smartphone, you can follow along on an app called Version, and we put that in the events or the live tab, which I can't remember what the name of the tab is right now. 
So you can follow along. But Hebrews chapter 11, this is the, what's called the hall of fame of faith. And when, when I was praying about what God wanted me to say in this um, and how to get to God's best, um, he put the story of Abraham on me. I was like, God, um, I get in trouble every week because I go over on my preaching time. And you want me to talk about the life of Abraham? Well, here's the goodness. Here's, how, here's God's amazing power. The first service I finished ahead of time. And they told me, you have more time. So buckle up, baby. So anyway, Abraham. So this is the Hall of Fame of Faith. Um, Hebrews chapter 11. I'll start verse, verse uh, 8. But it says this. By faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. And by faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah, that's Abraham's wife, by faith, Sarah received herself power to conceive even when she was past the age since she was considered since she considered him faithful who had promised therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore what i what i love about this is you know we get to see this is kind of like the completion the fullness of that promise with abraham so it's kind of like, you know, I, I, was, so I was praying, I got this mental picture of the, this hall of fame, and you know, there's all these busts, you know, this copper or bronze bust of Abraham in this hall of fame of faith, and, and we walk by and we see this plaque that says, by faith, Abraham obeyed God, that he left his land, and he went to the land that God would show him as an inheritance, and he trusted God. And by faith, his wife said, Abraham, I'm with you, heart and soul. And God's promised and, and God's faithful. And she conceived a child and, and they were old. I mean, Abraham, I'm gonna tell you a little bit. Abraham was old when they had Isaac. And so we get to read this as the plaque in the hall of fame. So we're, we're getting to see the whole story. But what I think a lot of us find ourselves in is that we try to build the whole story off of a scene. Some of you have gone through a difficult year with 2016. The scene of 2016 is not your story. Some of you have been through incredible success in 2016. And that's not the story. That's a scene. And we go through scenes. And see, for us to look at Abraham and we realize, hey, we get to see the whole story. This is the faithfulness of God. This is the promise of God that has come to fulfillment in Abraham's life. And God has promises for us. We're living as a part of this promise. And God has best things for us. God just doesn't put good things before us. God puts the best things before us. And so for us, it's kind of hard to find ourselves in this story with Abraham. So let's go back and look at some of these details. So go to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, and go to chapter 12. And let's, let's look at some scenes that Abram is going through. His name was Abram, and God changed Abraham. I'll tell you about that in a second. But let's look at some scenes of his life, and let's understand and break down the story and how the scenes build. So chapter 12, 
This is the call of Abram. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed Haran. Remember that, 75 years old when God shows up, speaks to Abram. Now, you gotta understand, it says that Abram went as the Lord had said. Now, what Abram's going from, it's not just his parents' house. I mean, some of y'all are thinking he's 75 and was living at home. I mean, my kids, how old are they still living at home? You got to think, culture was a little different then. I mean, you still raise your kids to leave, okay? But the reality is Abram would have built onto his father's household. So we would have been in the family business. They were were, uh, ranchers. They dealt with livestock. But you also understand, need to understand that in Abram's household, his father probably was a polytheistic guy, that there were many gods that were served. There are many gods that will be sacrificed. There would be the fertility god. There would be the sun god, the moon god, the rain god, the harvest god. I mean, all of these gods. And so God shows up. Yahweh, the one true God, appears to Abram. He says, I am the one true God, and I'm calling you to step out of this system. Step out of the life that you had, the life that you knew, and I'm calling you to go to a land that I'm going to show you, that I'm going to give you as an inheritance, and through you, Abram, I'm going to make many people. Although you have no children now, your descendants are going to be more than the sand on the seashore. Your descendants are going to be more than the stars in the sky, and out of you, all the families of earth will be blessed. Abram, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing. We need to understand something here is that God never blesses us just for ourselves. God blesses us to be a blessing. And so we see this scene of Abram and he leaves and he takes his nephew with him, Lot. Abram was 75 years old. He took Sarai, his wife, and all their possessions that they had gathered and and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the, the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moriah. Here, here, if, you, if you've got your Bible, underline Shechem. Shechem is an important place. Do some study on Shechem. You're going to see many times the nation of Israel comes back to this to reacquaint themselves with this promise of God. We've got to come back to these places. I think January 1st is a time where we get to come back to the promise of God and we get to see it. But at this place, at the Oak of Moriah, at that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent and with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going towards the Negev. They actually end up in Egypt because of a famine. So what you see is Abram is starting to move. You see this faithfulness that is happening. And, and, and then, let me just give you some principles in this. 
So Abram steps out. And so when we think about how we pursue God's best in this year, the, the first thing I want you to see is that direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. So God appears to Abram and he says, I want you to leave your father's household. And he could have said, hey, that's great. Man, that's a good promise, God. I've got the promise of God. Hey, God is gonna, through me, make many nations. God is gonna bless all the families. And God says, yes, but I've asked you to leave your father's household. I don't really wanna leave my father's household. Or I'll leave, I'll leave in a little while. I need to get some things straightened up. I need to get some things in order and then I'll leave. And so what happens is we start to create intentions to pursue God's best instead of actually taking the direction of God's best. There is a difference between actions and intentions. I said this about two months ago in one of the preachings. I said, I said we like to judge everyone else on their actions, but we like to judge ourselves on our intentions. I meant to do this. But if someone comes to you and says, well, I meant to do this, we respond, but you didn't. You might have intended to do it, but your actions didn't match it. So we've got to understand that we have to directionally set ourselves to follow God. I mean, this is important. I mean, let me break this down. One of the things that we struggle with in our family is finding a place to eat. I mean, we will go through this process. Where do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want? The only thing I want is to not have to make the decision, so you pick. I know y'all go through this. Don't be looking at me with those judgmental eyes. You're the pastor. You should, hey. about, about two hours later, we finally land on some restaurant. I've had to have a snack before I get to the restaurant. Because when I say, hey, I'm hungry, let's go get something to eat, I'm hungry. That's not preemptive like, hey, I think in two hours I'm going to be hungry and I want to eat. I'm hungry. And, then, and I get to this phase that my family calls grungry. Some of y'all call it hangry. It, it, the Greek translation is the same. You don't want to be around a hangry or grungry person. I mean, the presence of the Lord has vacated that facility. And so I'm like, let's just pick a place. And my staff loves it when I say, hey, we're going to lunch. We're going to go to lunch together after staff meeting, or once a month we serve at Communion Link. I was like, hey, y'all pick the place, and I'll pick up lunch. Now, when, if I said to you, I'm going to take us all to lunch after church, y'all be like, I'm in. Where are we going? Y'all pick. But let's say we land on somewhere downtown. If you leave this facility and you start heading north on 35, um, you're going to miss lunch. You're going to miss a free lunch. And if you get on 35, you're probably going to miss dinner too, okay? One of the greatest inventions that God has placed in my life is the Google map that shows traffic. And it reminds me every time I look at 35 how much of an Aggie I am that it's maroon. And I'm like, yep, gig em. not going 35. <laughs> and so we, we said, okay, I'm going to buy lunch. I'm going to bless you with lunch. Meet me at the restaurant. Okay, if you don't, if you sit here and go, well, I meant to go to lunch. I really kind of thought I would be hungry and I kind of wanted to go. You're gonna miss it. You're gonna miss the blessing. That's exactly what God is doing for us. He's setting before us a table of blessing. And he says, I have life for you and I have blessing for you. But you have to set not your intentions, but your actions. You have to directionally 
take off and pursue me and come after me. And you've got to understand something about spiritual growth. It is intentional, not accidental. You don't accidentally find yourself in an intimate relationship with your spouse. It takes work. You don't accidentally get to know them. And when I first saw Heather, the very first time I saw her, I looked at my best friend and said, that's the girl I'm going to marry. And he said, you're full of crap. And I said, no, I'm serious. That's the girl I'm going to marry. Now, it took her four months to know I existed, but I was very persistent. I was intentional in my actions. That was before it was stalking. But, <laughs> but I remember finding out, what's your favorite color? Oh, it's my favorite color too. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? I love that movie too. That's a chick flick, right? Yeah, I love chick flicks. You know, what's your favorite restaurant? Oh my goodness, that's mine too. And you just, I mean, every bit of information you find out, you're just like, ah, oh, isn't this the best? Well, if you get married, those things don't come as easy. <laughs> I know her favorite color. I know, there's things I know, but, but the beauty of it is God has created us as infinite souls. And for me to think that I could ever get to the bottom of who Heather is, I'd be a fool. So I get to continue to explore and grow, but that doesn't happen accidentally. It takes intentions. This intention is purpose. It takes purposeful uh, planning and purposeful direction to get to know Heather more. It's the same with God. See, it, it, this purpose isn't just, oh, it's January 1st. I'm gonna start a read the Bible in one year plan that we're not gonna finish. Because here's the thing. If you make it through the book of Numbers, you get the first Chronicles, baby, you're gone. I mean, unless you are faithful and devoted. Well, I'm just gonna do it or I skip around. Okay, you still ain't gonna make it. Not unless you purpose yourself. Well, I set my Bible app to give me a verse a day. That's cute. But how much are you desiring and purposing in your heart to draw into the heart of God? Have you set the direction of your life to push in to the direction that God is calling you and the direction that he's moving? Have you purposed in your life and set your priorities and set yourself to pursue him no matter how good it is or how bad it is? Do you set yourself and say, my direction is straight to the heart of God and I'm gonna be purposeful in how I do it. I'm gonna discipline myself to be in God's word. Not just read this verse today and go, oh, that's cute. Not just set a Bible reading plan, but are you, are you actually hungering and thirsting for the word of God? Are you keeping it accessible to you? What's your direction with God? Because Abram said, I'm, I'm going, I, I trust you. He was 75 years old. Let me, let me read to you verse, uh, chapter 17. Abram is 75 years old. 17, chapter 17. When Abram was 99 years old, so a different scene, 24 years later. 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. And you know, to that, I would be like, well, that's what you said 24 years ago. Abram falls on his face and God says to him, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. 
For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my, my covenant between me and you, and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, I will be their God. 24 years later, God shows up again. I mean, can you, can you think about like, okay, Abram's going through this process like, you said that when I was 75 years old. And I've been going, I've been sojourning, I've been journeying, I've gone through, I've gone through Canaan, I've gone to Egypt, I've gone to all these places, God. And, and what we have to understand is, is that promises are no substitution for preparation. That as Abram was moving through this life, living on this promise of God, there were still things he had to do to prepare himself to receive these blessings and this promise. Many of us don't receive Blessings from God because we don't have our heart in a position that's prepared to receive them. And many of us, we pray and pray and pray for this thing, but God in his wisdom knows that if he were to give it to us, it would crush us. Because God's, God desires to bless us, but if we're not prepared for it, listen to this, his blessing becomes a curse. And you begin to pray, God, why did you do this to me? The other thing about this preparation is, is God doesn't just bless us for us. God blesses us to be a blessing. God gives to us so we are generous. I mean, you, you think about the preparation for your New Year's resolution. I wanna lose weight. Hey, that's great. That's been a good steward of the temple that God has given you. That's helping you show that, that you honor God with, with everything in your life and your body and that eating healthy is great. You know, some of you make resolutions. I wanna be a better manager of my money and that's great because you can better steward and better manage the things that God gives you so that you can be a generous person because God doesn't just bless you with wisdom to manage your finances or bless you with money for you. He blesses you to be a blessing. Well, I'm gonna work on my relationships this year. I wanna have better relationships with the, my family and the, my friends and the people around me. Hey, that's great. God's just not gonna bless you with an ability to have many relationships. He's designed you to live in community so that your relationships go to a depth that glorify God. And it takes preparation to do that. God gives us promises to take care of us. God says, I will never leave you, forsake you. God says, I will supply all of your needs according to my glorious riches. But are you prepared to receive those things? See, let me give you a caution here. Don't take the production into your own hands. When God gives you a promise, trust him in the promise. When you take it into your own hands, some things can happen. Look, let's look at another scene, Genesis chapter 16. This is verse one. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, behold now, 
The Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. And out of that was born Ishmael. And there was born an incredible tension from that because they took it in their own hands. Well, God promised this to me, and so I'm getting impatient. So how do we figure out how to get God's promise before God's ready to give me his promise? You're not prepared for it. See, when we take it in our own hands, it's like we're trying to make all the production happen. We, we take on the responsibility for the results. God calls us to be prepared, to be humbled, to be submitted, and let him handle the results. When a farmer puts a seed in the ground, all that farmer can do is with expectation, water it. Tend to the soil. Fertilize it. I mean, fertilizer in our life is a lot of preparation going on. And then in due season, what has been sown is reaped. And there's a harvest from it. It's the beauty of one seed going into the ground and a blessing, a bountiful blessing coming up from it. That's in God's hands. So Abram is going through these seasons and these scenes of the story. God, I know you've made this promise to me, but it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Go to, verse, go to chapter 21. I mean, I just went from 12 to 21 in 30 minutes. Take some time this week and read this story. Let me tell you how long. It took me 30 minutes. Let me tell you how long it took Abraham to get there. The Lord visited Sarah and he said, as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time which God had spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him when Sarah bore him Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old and God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. From chapter 12 to 21 is 25 years. 25 years of wondering. 25 years of I left dad's household. I left that system. I left that life to pursue the life you put before me, God. The life that you promised. And 25 years later, the promise is born. And because of that faith and because of him pursuing God and being prepared to receive this promise, Hebrews 11, the hall of fame, sums up the story, sums up the scenes that build the story of by faith, Abraham obeyed God. It was credited to him as righteousness and was the father of many nations. You and I are here because of the promise of Abraham. So for us to receive God's best, we have to be intentional, we have to be purposeful and pursue it. And we've got to let 
the preparations of our heart. Go through those scenes so we can receive the best that God has for us. Because for us as Christ followers, the best is always yet to come. Now, I can preach this message, but part of being your pastor is to help you get to this point. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to do some intentional things. We're starting a new series next week called The Discipled Life, and it's about getting us rooted and standing on the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines, so that we can be prepared and we can pursue God with purpose. Next week, I'm going to teach to you about fasting. And for 21 days, starting next week, we're going to be intentional as a church and purposeful as a church to fast and pray for God to give us a clear focus for what he wants us to do, where he wants us to go, and who he wants us to be in 2017. And on January 29th, we're going to break that fast on the night of the 29th and 30th. We're having a special event here called Focus 2017. So it's going to be a time of worship and some teaching and some encouragement for us to continue on the trajectory that God lays on us over the next several weeks. I believe that 2017 is going to be the best year we've ever experienced. I believe with God the best is yet to come, and we can step in that here and step in that now, and I want us to be prepared to receive it. I'm hoping you do too. Let me pray for us. Father, we love you, and we thank you for your promises. We thank you, and we believe that the best is yet to come. And God, I pray for those that have gone through incredible heartache and sorrow and suffering in 2016. I'm asking you for that promise to redeem every tear for your glory. God, I'm praying for those that had incredible success in 2016. May they understand and realize that it is you who hold our life in your hands. It is you who gives us breath and we realize no success without you. God, I pray for every one of us that we set our hope and our expectation for 2017 to be the best year we've ever had. I know we will go through challenges in 2017. I know there will be scenes of 2017 that are gonna be sorrow but I also know they're gonna be scenes of joy. And I know that you are writing your story on our life as a church and on every one of our lives. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for your promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Creek Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at thecreekfw.com. Thank you.